Amen. Are you happy to be here this morning? From the back to the front this time, are we happy to be here this morning? If you're uh, watching us online, we also greet you. If you couldn't be here or you're out of the city or out of the state, but we're glad that you're watching us as well. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. All right, uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord over here, teenagers. Come on, help me out. Alexis, it's good to see you. Alexis, give a wave to everybody. Alexis was gone for about six weeks on some schooling, and he's back here with us. We also have Pastor Andre, who's here visiting us today. He's going to be sharing at the end of our service. It's good to have you here. Um, Well, my name is George. If you're visiting, we we saw new people that rose their hand. My name is George. I became a part of this church in 2007 as I got saved at a youth camp that this church put together. Um, And like Alex is about to have his miracle, I had mine, and I got married about seven years later after becoming a part of this church, and I have, believe it or not, four kids now. I was expecting a different response because I'm standing here alive with four kids. And uh, my wife couldn't make it today. She's at home. We, we just had twins in September. And so literally our hands are full. And uh, I'm so glad to be a part of this church. You know what I wanted to share uh, today? I don't know when this started, but it became popular to have a specific topic every time you preach. And for that topic, if you're really good at what you do, you have points for that topic. How you know that I'm not good at what I do is I don't have points and I never know what I'm going to preach. But this morning, I do have it on my heart, not to share a specific topic, but to share what's on my heart uh, regarding the church and what I believe God is preparing us for. Um, if it's okay, can I just preach, to, just to preach this morning? Uh, not a specific topic, not points. I just want to preach. I want to share things that God has put in my heart, and I believe Um, This is biblical if we were all to get together and just all have a moment to share. Each of us has something to share that God is doing in our heart that's going to bring edification to the whole body. And so I want to share what's in my heart, and and, um, I want us to pray. If we could stand together, we're going to pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the time that we have together here. We thank you for one another. We thank you, God, so much for what you're doing among us. We thank you so much for every single person that is here that has become a part of your church, that's become a part of your body. We bless one another, Lord. We bless our neighbor. We bless our families. We bless our children. Right now in Kingdom Kids, the children that are being ministered to, we thank you so much for what's happening right now in this moment. And we open our heart to you, Holy Spirit. And we desire, we desire to hear from you. We desire, we desire to... Be ready to make decisions. Be ready to commit ourselves in a greater measure to you. We are here because we decided to follow you, God. When you came into our life, you called us. You called us your children. You called us by name. You gave us life, and we began to follow you. And we're here because we continue to follow you. We trust you, Jesus, and we thank you that you are the, the leader, the captain, the head of this church, the head of our life. And we thank you so much for what you're doing. Every new person here that maybe hasn't been at church for a while or just visiting, we just pray that all of us, visiting or not, would be encouraged today, would be lifted up, would be 
strengthened, would be convicted if need be, would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We thank you so much, Lord, for your gospel and that it has not lost power. We bless our gathering this morning. We bless what you're doing, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us. We thank you so much, God. Amen. 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 Okay. Thank you so much. Take a seat. I was about to grab some water, and God, thank God I didn't drink this hand sanitizer. There's usually water bottles there. I don't know if they're trying to prank me this service. My hands are clean. Hallelujah. Um, what is that? Okay, thanks. Thanks, thanks. This is God's church. All right, this is God's church. You know, in 2000, no, 2000, 1993, God spoke a word to our senior pastor, Pastor Sergey, and he never had any plans or intentions to ever pastor a church or have a church. He was always a part of one, but never saw himself leading one. But God, through different people, to him personally, through different confirmations, began to reveal to him really clearly that he was going to start a church, and God, through him, started a church here in Vancouver. 27 years ago this September, we'll be celebrating 28 years that God started this church. Someone was asked, can we start a church without the Holy Spirit? Quickly, a group of pastors answered, no, of course not, never. But in the last, the last pastor that was on the list, he said, actually, you can. If you have money, you can start anything. You can find a building, you can find talented worship people, you can find talented musicians, you could find organizers, you could find all kinds of people, a good bookkeeper, and you can begin to start a church. And unfortunately, that's true, but I'm thankful to God that this church didn't start with talented people. This church started with a revelation from God, and through the Holy Spirit and people that became obedient, we're sitting here today. I was listening to a message recently, and it really cut my ear in a bad way. Because when I was listening to this message, it was a great message, it was a powerful message. But one thing in the message that just really kind of hurt to hear is as he was sharing about the church and how they started and how, how it, was, it was a small beginning and there was just a small group of people and they were getting mocked and laughed upon and the things that they wanted to do, people told them were impossible. And then God began to do miracles and God began to just bring great increase and they went from one building to another to campuses to now being worldwide and a big church. And when he was sharing this story, I, I was encouraged by the story, but what I was not encouraged by is he finished by sharing the church, his church's story by saying, I'm so thankful for the talented people that God gave us here and the, team that are, and, the, and the team that are around me and the organization that we were able to build. The church has never been and never should be an organization. The church is not an entity that started by man. The church is not just someone who is given a license by the state to be a nonprofit and not be taxed. 
The church is not just a place that has a nice building and good pews or comfortable seats. The church is not a place that even has, has to have a stage. The church is not a place that has to have cameras. The church is not a place that has to have microphones. The church from the very beginning was started by Jesus Christ, was birthed through the Holy Spirit, was given to, God, was given to God's people by revelation, was established by God in the spiritual world and in the physical world, that even the gates of hell would not prevail it. The church is not full of people that, are, that have to be talented, that have to know how to hold a mic, that have to know how to sing a song. The church is established by God to be the pillar of truth for this world, to be the light for this world, to be the salt for this world. It's not people that dress nice and look nice and talk nice and don't curse. It's full of people that have been separated by God, washed by the blood, anointed by his spirit. Somebody help me preach. Jesus started his church. And just because I, saw, I fill out a card and I become a part of a church by becoming a member or being water baptized, Jesus is the one who started the church. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, adds me to the church. I'm not added because I signed a card. That's just the first step. But when I accept Christ through the Holy Spirit, he grafts me into his body. He gives me a place ordained by God before the foundations of the earth. In that place, there is grace that's released. There's a gift that's released. There's a purpose that's released. There's calling that's released. How many people are deceived to just sit and watch? But church was not about sitting in seats and watching. Church is the living body of Jesus Christ right in the city that it is in. This is by no means an organization. I didn't become a part of a company. I didn't become a part of a, of a, of a, just another establishment. I became a part of Christ's body. And the Holy Spirit grafted me into this body, gave me a place in this body, gave me a purpose, gave me a calling. We believe as a church here, we believe in the full gospel. We believe, a church, we believe in a church that preaches the truth. We believe a church that's not ashamed of the gospel. That's not ashamed to call sin, sin, and black, black, and white, white. We're not ashamed to put things in their place, and what God's word says is the word that we preach. We believe in a full gospel, a gospel that's able to save people's lives. The world calls this foolishness, but we know it's the power of God unto salvation, because when the gospel is preached, it saves people. It doesn't just conform their thinking. It doesn't just change the patterns of their thinking. It doesn't make them talk better or look better. The gospel changes people's lives, because it is the power of God. When we preach the gospel, the gospel is in fact this, that we have a fallen world and a God that loved it, and he loved it so much that he sent his son to pay the price to redeem it. And now no man and no woman can make their way to God by their righteousness, by their good living, by their strength, or by their ability, or by never making mistakes. But God gave us access to come and be a part of his kingdom, not just a church, his kingdom. And we are a part of his kingdom because Jesus made a way. Where there was no way, a way was made. And he gave us right to come before him to walk in fellowship with him, to hear his voice, to, know, to not just memorize scripture, but the scripture begins to have us. It begins to come alive in us. The Holy Spirit leads us.
And we believe that God is not just moving here, he's moving all over the world because his church is all over the world. One man said it's wrong actually, biblically, to say that God is moving here because God is moving everywhere. God in fact is everywhere. He maybe reveals himself in certain ways or more powerful ways in places that he chooses, but God is everywhere and God is working everywhere and God is working through his church. I believe with all my heart that God is working not only all over the world and through his church, but God is working here. He's preparing his church for the things that he has called it to accomplish. Did you know that by becoming a part of his body, this means you are the church? That it's not just a building, it's not just a place in which they have my information and I am legally a member there but I have become a part of his living body. I have a place within his body. I have a role within this body. And we're gonna talk about Ephesians chapter four where Paul begins to explain what the church is to do, what the church looks like, how the church functions, and its role here in our world. In Ephesians 4, we're going to read most of this chapter. Right from verse 1, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling, of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God the Father, who is over all and in all and living through all. Can we stop right there? There is one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father, who is over all and in all and living through all. God who is over all, who is in all, and working through all. Somewhere we got on the tracks and we find this to be the reality today that when we look at the church, we see people who are ordained or people who are now officially or full-time in ministry, people who are on staff in the church, and the rest of us just kind of follow along to whatever the church calendar is and whatever is next on the schedule and the, and the volunteering that I can be a part of. But God says that I am over all, I am in all, and I am working through all. Do you believe that God is over you? Do you believe that God is in you? Yes. Now we must believe that God also is working through you. Right where you are, God is working through you. 
He is not limited to work through us only when we are here. In fact, most of our life is outside of the church building. And it's outside of the church building that God desires to work through us. Or is God only moving here? Somebody, please help me out. Is God only moving here? Does God only save people here? Does God only touch people with his presence here? Do we only worship here? Do we only preach here? Do we only smile here? Some of us. Do we only dress nice here? Some of us. But God is working through us everywhere we are. When we leave this place, God doesn't stop working through us. God is no longer, you know, we leave the, the roof of the, the church, we leave from under the roof of the church, and now God's not over us anymore. Or I'm not standing next to a pastor, so God definitely is not in me anymore. God is over me everywhere I am, and God is in me everywhere I am, and God is working through me everywhere I am. But we have, maybe not on purpose, but even sub subconsciously begin to believe that this is the place that God works, and God doesn't work anywhere else. God is always working, and in fact, I think scripturally, when people come to Jesus, Jesus begins to explain that I'm actually working more in the places where you think I am not. I'm working where people are broken. I'm working where people are sick. I'm working where people have no hope. I'm working where people need me. I'm working where people are broken. I'm working where people are depressed. I'm working everywhere. What do you mean you visited me when I was in prison or when I was sick or when I was naked? Yeah, the thing that you did to the least of those, you did unto me because I was working everywhere. I was in the prison. I was in the shopping places. I was on the street. I was in the, I was everywhere. I'm working everywhere. And to think that God works here but does not work there. One old theologian said, if you believe that God is working in one place but on a different place, then the different place ceases to exist because God, if he is there, then it, then it has the right to be existing. But as soon as God leaves a place, that place ceases to exist. So you must understand that God is working everywhere. He works in your house. He works at your work. He works where you drive. He works where you live. He works where you sleep. As soon as he's not working, then he's not there. But our God is everywhere and he is working everywhere. Our God is life. Our God is life, and where there is life, there is always movement. God is always doing something. God is always speaking something. God is always working in the background. God is always wanting to speak to us. He's always working. If he spoke every day of creation, he continues to speak every day now. If he walked with men in close fellowship, he continues to walk with men in close fellowship today. If he worked it through his Holy Spirit, in all the scriptures that we read, he continues to work through his Holy Spirit today. He is working everywhere. He is working through me. Paul continues to read. Continues to write and we continue to read. However, he says, however, after he says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift. Tell your neighbor, special. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. This is, I believe, out of Psalms. Notice that it says, he ascended. 
This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world, or some, some, script, some versions will say to the lower parts of the world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. He is everywhere. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now in other, in other books of the Bible, Corinthians for example, there are many more gifts that he has given to the body, but here it lists the five which we call the fivefold. The five gifts that were given to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 explains to us why he gave these gifts to the church. Their responsibility. Whose responsibility? Each of these gifts. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. One more time. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will all be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ, perfect in Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed, blown, tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body. How much of the body? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Our worship team, if you could come forward, please. We're going to pray soon. In verse 11, Christ gave gifts to the church. And I love how it says that, not just gifts to specific people, he gave gifts to the church. These gifts are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We have more gifts than that. But these gifts he gave to the church. The responsibility to have the gifts of the church or the gifts that Christ has given us, there is a responsibility with these gifts to equip God's people to do his work.
so thankful to God for our senior pastor and that he truly is a gift to our church and a gift for me personally. But I'm also thankful for the team that we have around him and everybody that plays a role here in leading maybe a department or leading somewhere. I want to say that it's easy when, when you have been a part of the church for a while, it's easy to just be get, it's easy just to kind of get comfortable when you're volunteering somewhere or you're helping out somewhere and it's important to do that. And maybe in years past, I always maybe emphasized more through what I said or through how I live that if you're a part of the church, you have to volunteer somewhere, you have to be involved somewhere. And I do, to an extent, believe this. But what I think maybe has begun to happen is when we have all these volunteer opportunities in different departments and we have places we can serve in and we start, we sign up and we start serving in those, in those places and I think that's great. But sometimes I think we just stop there because we get comfortable that we serve somewhere, we volunteer somewhere, I'm helping out somewhere and I'm doing my part. But see, all the volunteering opportunity that we have in our church, those are that's yet an opportunity not just to volunteer, that's an opportunity for you to discover the gift that God has placed in your life. Because you can volunteer somewhere but not come to know your gift. Because you get comfortable with just coming every week to volunteer, but you're not actually you're not actually growing in him. You're not coming to know what it is that he has for you, what it is that he wants to do through your life. You know what? More and more what I'm coming to the conclusion of is all of our departments, I'm so thankful for them. All of, our, all of our volunteers, we are thankful for you. But what is more important than just to be a part of a department or to volunteer is we have to understand that we are not just segregated into different departments and volunteering opportunities, that we right here sitting together and everywhere we are, we are in fact the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not just different organisms that we have that function to make church possible. What's more important is that the members understand they're connected to one another. In fact, the Bible says that we are all joined together by ligaments and different tissues, but Christ is the one that, is, that has joined us all together and made us in fact one body. And Ephesians begins to explain that each member has a special work. And, and the way that God designed this body is to work together in perfect harmony. If we could become one big robot, that we would literally walk in step, talk the same thing, think the same thing, go towards the same direction. And you know, it's impossible to see the fruit of this if we are not growing together as a body. You might ask, how do you grow together as a body? Well, it's impossible to grow with a person that you're sitting next to just by seeing him on Sunday. Many, many of us have excluded ourselves from the thing God has, not because we don't go to church, because we're not being the church every other day. Because we come here and we're encouraged. But, but the Bible says, Paul is explaining that the gifts that were given to the church, they're not just for us to come together and be excited, they're for the body to be equipped. See, only someone that has and understands that there is a work that he is called to do, does he become in need of being equipped. 
See, that's why church in some regards became a place that we entertain people, but not equip people. A place where we are excited to come together, but we don't leave equipped to do the work that God called us to do. But Paul says every gift was given to the church and the five-fold gift was given to the church not to be entertained not to be excited we need to be excited when we gather but we can't just leave excited we have to leave equipped but to be equipped there must be a need in my life understanding God there is a work that you've called me to do and I want to be equipped for that work and my 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 message this morning is that you cannot get equipped without your neighbor in fact, the person you're sitting next to, not just me holding the mic, the person sitting next to you has a role to play to help you get equipped by building relationship, by coming to know one another, by speaking into one another's lives. But if, if, if this is it, this is not what God designed. He didn't design a one-week gathering because then we're no different from a business. He designed a body. And that body is joined together with its, with its members that are next to it. It is, it is joined together to one body, and it is only through relationship with one another that we can begin to be in unity, that we can have conversations and begin to think the right thing, begin to think the same thing, begin to go in one direction. It all sounds good, God. One unity, one faith, one baptism. The body must be gathering. The body must be connecting to one another for there to be one faith, for there to be one voice, for there to be one direction. It's not just something where we dream about. We have to connect with one another. Opening your heart and coming to the altar is important. Opening your front door and letting people come into your house is just as important. Being here and looking and dressing nice and getting some coffee and saying hi to somebody is important. But preparing the table at home and inviting somebody that's not connected to a family here at church and spending some time with them and speaking into the life is just as important. Volunteering here at church in any department, it's important. But opening up your life to another individual is of greater importance. Because you can volunteer next to people but not even know what they're going through. I have to, I have to, listen, I have to open my life to the people that God has placed around me and begin to bring them in and be brought into theirs and walk together, encouraging one another and speaking into each other's lives. The body has been joined and God is above all of us and in all of us and working through all of us. And it's not just here, it's in our daily life outside of these walls. If you leave today very uncomfortable, maybe we're focused too much sometimes on how comfortable you are being here. I think it's okay for the Holy Spirit to leave you uncomfortable when you leave here. Because I have to realize that in my life, I cannot just comfort myself and pat myself on the back that I go to a church and I volunteer and I help out somewhere or I'm a member there and I give tithe. God has more for you than just turning in some money. God has more for you than signing up to volunteer somewhere. God has more for you than just, just to tell your neighbor, yeah, I'm signed up, yeah, I volunteer. What else do they want from me? I don't want nothing from you. 
But according to the Bible, God has a special gift for you. God has a special calling for you. God has special plans for your life. Not just to greet somebody at the door, but to welcome somebody into heaven. God has a gift and a plan and a purpose and a calling over your life. Do you know why we need to be equipped? Because there's a great work. And that work is not just what happens within these walls. That work is much bigger outside of these walls. If I can remind you, we are a city that has been placed on a hill, a light shining for those that are in darkness, a salt for this city. Why do you need to be equipped? Why do you need to volunteer? Because it prepares you for what God's called you to do. This church is here to not just disciple and grow those that are already a part of it, but this church is here to reach those who are not yet a part of the kingdom of God. This church is here to preach the gospel to the poor. This church is here to be a helping hand for our community. This church is here to be a smile wherever where we walk. This church is here to give to this city. God has called you in this time. Not just our leadership team, not just our pastor, not just our volunteers. God has called his church in this time to prepare it for what he has called it to do in these last days. We are the church. We are the church that's going to gather a great harvest for the kingdom of God. But God is equipping me to be able to do that. To equip is actually to prepare, to give us everything we need, to furnish us completely, to get, it actually goes as far as to say, to make us perfect in Christ. That as this body walks among this city, that it would truly be the light and the salt. Salt stops decay, light casts out darkness. We are, we are, we are God's, we are God's people to influence this area. We are God's people to influence this city. We're not just here to have good worship. We are here to touch our city and God is the one who planted us here to do that. If I can't open my life to the person I'm sitting next to, you will never open your life to anyone who is in this world. It's really easy to get comfortable when you have a nice chair to sit on. You have a great sound system and people are around you that are happy, but I wanna remind us this morning that we are not here just for this. We are the living body of Christ going out into this world to be a light to it, to be a salt to it, to be the change to it, to be the influence to it. We have nothing in common with this world other than we were left in it. God has set us apart for a special work, a special work that he desires to do through each of our lives. For those of us, and that's me included, that have been in church for a long time, we are the ones that need the most renewing of the mind. Because we're used to this. We know how this works. We know what's gonna happen next. We know that George is about to do the prayer and then some worship and then maybe if it's a good service, he'll make an altar call. And I'll say hi to the same five people I say hi to every single week. I'll get some coffee and I'll be on my way to get some lunch and I'm off to the rest of my week. 
but you and me we're the church we celebrate here what God is doing all week we encourage one another and equip one another here to get back to work for what God has called us to do believe it I was going to say believe it or not but you got to believe it believe it that according to the word of God he has called you he has called you and the simple step that I invite you to is not running to this altar it's opening up your life to your neighbor joining a life group going over to someone's house or having people over at yours and beginning beginning to become a part of what God is doing here building a relationship with the people that God has placed here and being equipping one another for what God has called us to do if you could stand with me this morning should open your heart right now and not wait for me to pray or lead you in prayer open your heart before God in this moment if there's the whole if the Holy Spirit I believe he is working in your life right now maybe showing you some things or leading you to make an, a decision a decision that's going to change the rest of your life someone here right now just needs to say yes yes to God's plans yes to the place that God has for you yes to the gifts that God has for you Someone needs to make a decision this morning to be willing, willing to go right there to that booth and say, listen, I want, I want to sign up for a life group, not because it's another ministry or department, but I want to become a part of the life of the church. I want to be joined with people right now that are in this body that can help me and that I can help. Father, I thank you so much for this local church, this body that represents your body, and I thank you so much for the place that you have given us within this body and for what you, God, are desiring to do. We open our hearts to you. We open our homes to you. We open our family to you. We open up ourselves to you because we desire. We desire not just to be in attendance once a week. We desire that we would be used by you everywhere we are, understanding that we are your living body, walking and breathing among this city. We thank you, God, so much that you have called us in this time to be the light and to be the salt. Father, I thank you so much that each individual here is not just a volunteer. Each individual here is not just another member of this local church, but each individual here is a member of your body here on earth. Each individual here has a place, has a gift, has a calling, has anointing. And I thank you, God, so much for what you're desiring to do in these times. God, we thank you. Open, we open up our heart and we ask you to renew our mind. To, to expand us from within, to begin to see 
the great things that you have in store, the great things that you desire to do. Father, we thank you for our city. Right now, we pray for the city of Vancouver, the city of Portland, the surrounding regions, and we thank you, Father, that there are people out there that don't know who you are, and that's why we're here. And we pray as a church, and we pray for the local churches in this area, that you would use your church in this time to be the salt and the light everywhere we are. We thank you that the gospel that you've given us is the gospel of power, a gospel that we're not ashamed of, and a gospel that can change any person's life. No matter where they are, they can be transformed into a new person through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God. We thank you that we, your church, in this time that we are living, we don't want to neglect the places we go out to. We want to see what you see. We want to open our heart to you to be willing to do what you've called us to do. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you, you are the answer for this city. And we desire that you would use your church in this time. We bless our city, we bless our church. And we pray as Jesus prayed, Father, let your will be done, let your kingdom come here on earth here in Vancouver as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your leading in our life. I wanna tell somebody right now, you need to be sensitive. You need to open your ears and open your heart to the Holy Spirit right now in your life. I can say a lot of things through this mic, but the Holy Spirit can say one thing to you right now before this service ends, and you need to listen to what he's saying. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now, speaking, that you're speaking to the people here who are opening up their heart and opening up themselves to you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your leading in their life, that next step to take, that next thing to do, where we need to be obedient, where we need to do something that you're asking of us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for your voice being heard in those that are opening up to you. In Jesus' mighty name. continue to worship, I want to invite any individual here to the front. Maybe you want to pray, you need prayer along the lines of the message, but I want to make an altar call besides that for someone that needs to give their life to the Lord or make their, or, or get right with the Lord wherever you're at. If you followed Him at one point in your life, but you have been living for yourself or fulfilling the pleasures of your flesh and the desires of your flesh, I want you to respond this morning. The Holy Spirit, if he's convicting you out of where you are, don't justify the place you're living in because you've been there for that long. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit. He's the one that leads us. He draws us unto the Father, and God's goodness is here. God loves you too much to leave you in the same place. If you would open up your heart this morning, if you need to get right with the Lord or come to him for the first time, respond to his conviction, respond to his love and his goodness for your life. He has a plan for you, and it's to change your life, to change you forever, to give you a place within his kingdom and a place within this body. So I ask you to respond, not to me, respond to him. Respond to him and give your life over to the one who cares for it the most. 
Father, we thank you right now for what you're doing in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your evident presence here and your conviction. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your touch. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this place.